Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Saturday night. Thank you for an opportunity to gather. Thank you for an opportunity to come to church. I pray that you speak to us. May we not leave here the way we came. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Wow. Are you glad to be in church? Beautiful. How many of you were here last night? Let me see your hands. Wow, you are powerful people. I'm amazed. You came yesterday, you came today. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Amen. All right. Good. Before I start, we continue talking about the Holy Spirit. Let me just remind you of one announcement. I made this announcement last week, and I'm making it again this week. Um, It's a date in March. It was 19th to 21st, but it's now 18th to 21st. I'll tell you why. Of March, we have the Art of Evangelism conference happening here. And the reason why it's stretching to Monday is because we're going to have a visit from Prophet Kocho Bempa. And he'll be here on the Monday. I think it's a good place. Okay. Those of you not clapping, I suppose you don't know him. So just look forward to getting to meet him. Amen. So he's going to come and spend one night with us, and then we will continue with Bishop Ogo and Bishop Fair. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Let me just say something. You know, some of us, when oh, we've had one visitor, then we have another, and oh, another one. You see, things happen in seasons. Amen? Things happen in seasons. So when you are in a certain season, you need to just flow with it, because the seasons move on. Sometimes it's a season of prayer. Then there'll be a lot of praying going on, a lot of, are you getting it? A lot of different things going on. Then it changes. You know, tonight you'll understand a little bit of why those changes happen. And when you flow with it, that is when the blessings come. But when you resist and say that, oh, me, I don't know that we do this things in March. Me, what I know is that we're only fasting January. So let's say that something comes up and we have a time of fasting and prayer. And they say, oh, but it is not January. I finished my 21 days. It's over. Amen. So just learn to flow. So I just take it as one of those seasons, and we are blessed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I said we are what? Yeah. We are blessed. Yeah, you are blessed. Sometimes all you need is just one encounter, and so many things change. Yeah. Amen. Beautiful. Well, tonight we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit, but I noticed that it is five minutes to nine, and I used to preach at what time? In this service. At 8.30. So you're 25 minutes into your time already. You are there. Uh, hello. 
I don't know what demon of lateness has taken over, but it is sacked from tonight. Yeah, it's a demon. It's a demon. It's a demon. You know, you know they are going to come to church. Then you just drag your feet, uh, drag, drag. So they end up also doing praise and worship, just waiting for you. Are you here? Yes. Just stop that and just. If you are come to church, just come. Mm. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Because normally, those of you who are late are the ones who agitate. That's all. We have closed late. Yesterday, we closed late because of the same slowness. Yeah. So, please, let's revert back to the times that we used to have, and it will help us. Because it was not meant to be a late service. It wasn't meant at all. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, you are making it what it was not supposed to be? Yeah, I'm making it what it was not supposed to be. So I'm just pointing it out so nobody will send us a message and say that, eh, but they are supposed to have crossed on this time, and by this time, like, eh, I've been sitting in my car waiting for you. Yeah. I was on campus by 7.15, and I left Bishop Kikuda and came here straight. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we're hoping that, I hope that the Holy Spirit will help you. Because all these things, are, they don't help. They don't help. They don't help. And it's a sign to me that that's how you live your life. Mm. And some of you, that's how you study too. I mean, you just drag your feet over everything. It's not a way to be. It's not a good way. It's not a good way. Are you there? Mm. What do your neighbor say? Uh, take me to, what was our scripture this morning? Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Um, give me verse 5. Let me see whether I've got my vice right. Second Thessalonians 3. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Not quite. Yes. This was a scripture that struck me this morning. Verse 6. Now, we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. What is this disorderly? When your life is in disorder, ah, somebody should give me English. <laughs> Do you have a dictionary there to give us the meaning of disorder? Some people, the English teacher died early. They are not understanding it. So, Disorder, a lack of order. So when we come to your room, your shoes are in, the, are in your kitchen space. Your plate is under the bed. You can't wash. When you wash, you can't fold the things. When you fold them, you can't iron. You can't get to class on time. You can't write any notes. When you write the notes, you don't remember. I mean, disorder. 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 When it's time to go to church, you are now eating. When it's time to, I mean, just, just, you see. Now, the scripture is very clear. It says, withdraw from people who walk in a disorderly fashion. Because what happens is that that spirit begins to work on you. So maybe you, dear, you were pepepe, you do your things that it ought to be done. Then you now combine yourself with this disorganized human being. And then before we are where you two you are disorganized, your lectures, you are late all the time, you are in your assignments, you are late, you are this, you don't do it on time. I'm describing some people right here in this room. Yeah. Today I came here, I was here doing whatever we are doing over there. 
must have been between one and two o'clock and I was just watching how the choir was struggling together. Yeah, disorder. It is totally contrary to the spirit of God. I can tell you that one for sure. And if it's not the other, if it's not the spirit of God, you, you, you yourself judge which spirit it is. Uh, please take me to Genesis chapter 1 so that I will start there. It wasn't my starting verse, but you have forced me to start there. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Now look at something. Verse 2. And the earth was, was without form and void. And this thing is a description of some lives. No form. No form. You go to your campus, you see a man, the man he's managed to become a professor, but his whole life, no form. No form. The way he's dressed, like something that the cat brought in. He has got one wife, another something, a child here. There is order, form without form, empty, void. And you are young and you started it already. Are you there? Hey, you are very quiet. Anyway, <laughs> we are moving on today. We were talking about the Holy Spirit last week. We spoke about him as a person. How many of you during this week you have tried, you've made an effort to talk to the Holy Spirit? Has it been a rewarding experience? You see, those of you whose hand is down, I hope that it's because maybe you were not here last week, so you are now coming. But if you were here, your hand is down. You are an idiot. Nobody is going to come and know the Holy Ghost for you. You've got to know him for yourself. You see, and it's a way of being in church. We just come, then we just hear, and then it comes from here to there, and then in out. For as long as we maintain a kind of relationship with God that it's only when I want something that I ask. It's, it's not a worthy, it's not... Do you have a friend like that? Yeah. And is it a kind of relationship that you like? No. So God, too, he doesn't enjoy such relationships. You know? So when you hear the word, you attempt to do it. Amen? Amen? Carry us to the book of James. It says that when you hear, you do. If you don't do, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, um, give us 22 first. Let's, let's, let me see verse 22. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. So when you come to church or whatever and you hear the word and you don't do anything with it, you are deceiving yourself. Can we see what the, how the NLT puts it, please? Change the version. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And last week, it was a very practical session. <laughs> Take us 23. No, stay in the NLT. If you listen to the word and you don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. Come on, come on, come on. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. So you woke up in the morning, you brush your teeth, and when you brush your teeth, some toothpaste was left here, and you looked in the mirror, you saw the toothpaste. But as soon as you turned around, you forgot that you, there was toothpaste here, you went to walk in it. That's how, it says when you hear the word and you don't do, that's how you are. Then you forget what, how you look like. Amen. So when you hear something, you attempt, you attempt to do it. Yeah, but when I was trying, I was looking very foolish. Who is looking at you, my friend? Just continue. You'll get used to it. And so I shared with you that the Holy Spirit is a person. And he's not a thing. Amen? I j Let me just add a couple of scriptures there. 
Now, why do we say he's a person? Some of the characteristics, because remember, we did say he's a spirit. But you see a personality. Maybe that's a better word to use. And you can see that according to the scriptures, the Holy Spirit has a will. This thing doesn't have a will. If they put it where they put it, it has no choice but to be here. But you can see that, that the fact that you have a will shows that you are a person, or you have a personality. And let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm reading from verse 7 to 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. That is talking about the gifts. The word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of... But verse 11 is what we want. All these worketh the same, that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Are you seeing it there? So when you find that you can do something, you are somebody, you are in church, you can sing. He willed, he wanted it so. You have a gift because he's moving around with various gifts. Amen? Amen. And he gives as he wills. So he has a will. If he were a thing, because some of us think that he's a thing. And that's why when I said talk to the Holy Spirit, you are finding it difficult to talk to him. Amen? Amen? But... How can I believe in something I cannot see? Have you seen your brain? Have you seen your brain? Have you seen your brain? Uh, but you, you, you say you have one. <laughs> so it's not so difficult. Amen. He has a mind. The mind of the spirit. He has emotions. Ephesians 4.30, we are told, do not grieve the spirit. Are you there? He has knowledge. The Bible says that he searches the innermost thoughts of God. Amen? So you're talking about a person. And in this past week, we've been trying to get to know this person and to speak to this person. It was a member of this congregation who texted me and he shared with me his experience with the Holy Spirit. I laughed. Are you there? So that Charlie had some assignments and he was late to take it and he was planning the Holy Spirit you have to help me because the lecture was some way are you there yeah. and then he was planning what lie to go and tell the lecture and the Holy Spirit told him that you are on your own if you go and lie you are on your own <laughs> if you lie you are on your own so he didn't tell the lie I was waiting that hey what will happen then he met the tea and the tea he said no be anything bring it I'll carry it the Holy Spirit had his own are you there yeah You'll be there and don't be talking to the Holy Spirit and be telling us that, oh, and you're feeling funny. Continue feeling funny. After when you're going to propose to a girl, you're like, don't you feel, feel funny? Uh, don't you feel funny? The first time you go on a date, don't you feel funny? The first time you wear high heels, don't you feel funny? The first time you go and perm your hair, don't you feel funny? The first time you wear tight clothing, don't you feel funny? Don't bring yourself about funny. It's part of life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I thought it was a very nice um, ex- um, example of how he works. Now, he will not back you up 
on doing the wrong thing. So when you get up and you go and marry somebody's husband or break a marriage, you know for sure that he's not with you in it. When you go and tell lies and get a visa, you know that as you are traveling, you are alone. Uncle Nam is not with you at all. You are on your own. <laughs> you are going to work using somebody's papers. You are on your own. You are on your own. Seriously on your own. <laughs> Amen. Now, today I want us to continue. You see, if we stay with the revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person and we stay there, we're only going to know a part of him because there are other descriptions of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Amen? Other ways in which he's referred to. And it's part of the reason why we are struggling with relating to him because we have heard that he's wind, he's fire, he's water. So those are things that we know. Are you in the house? But they are referring to attributes that he has. For example, we talk about Jesus in the Bible and we see the Bible referring to him as a lamb. Hello? Or you haven't seen it in the Bible? The same Bible also refers to him as a lion. So you wonder now, have we seen uh, 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 what, an Indian drawing of the head of a lion and the tail of a lamb or what? No, those are describing, they are describing attributes that he has. You see, they are describing something that he has. So when it was time to go to the cross, Jesus became a lamb. It's like Charlie, a lamb, when you catch it, you say you are killing it, you say you are, whatever you say you are doing, you cannot protest, it's just there, it happens. You see, but when he's also coming in judgment, he comes as a lion. A lion is a very fearful thing. Very, very fearful thing. Are you there? Yeah. A lion is very fearful. In fact, many times they don't even touch it. They just need to roar. That's even how they catch their prey. They'll roar one and everybody in the forest is frozen. So that's how they catch you. Because they're so fearful. You see. But it doesn't mean that Jesus is like he's uh, bipolar. <laughs> they are just attributes of his amen and it helps us to understand how he is amen so you may come and you may talk to me and you know that I'm a person but you don't know how I am Genesis when I say how I am the other day somebody said to me that oh I thought you were angry with me and I told myself if I was angry with you number one you know I'll say clearly. Number two, I don't have space in my head to mean you, to mean people. So after I've said it, that's it. We are done with the matter. We have moved on. Are you seeing it? But you won't know that. So you keep apologizing for something. Sometimes I have to remember, what is he talking about? What are you even apologizing about? But you will know. So it is as you draw closer that you realize, ah, that's how this person is. Am I talking to some people tonight? And so as you draw closer to the Holy Spirit, that is when you now must begin to flow with certain attributes that he has. Are you understanding me? So tonight, we are going to be talking about the wind of the Spirit. Because that's, that's, it's, it's a way he is. It's a way that he is. Everybody here has a way of being. Yeah. Some of you cannot talk. You can only cry how you are <laughs> hallelujah so let's go back to our scripture in Genesis and we'll see a few 
places just for us to see it in the Bible. I keep on referring you to the Bible because that's where we get to know him. We were in verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. You know, it was the moving of the Spirit of God that brought about the change that we begin to see in verse 3. Suddenly, God is speaking, and then order begins to come. Light comes. The waters are given where they should be. Are you here? And that is one of the signs you will see or one of the effects of the Holy Spirit in your life. You see that he begins to bring a certain order to your life. And it's from the movement that he does as a wind. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2. We see when the Holy Spirit first landed, he lands and we see him as a wind. Suddenly there came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Um, let's, let's go to verse 1. Let's take it from verse 1 so that you understand it. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. So when we talk about the day of Pentecost, we're talking about the day when the Holy Spirit finally arrived on earth. Remember that Jesus said, I've got to go. When I go, I'll spend, send the Holy Spirit to you. And then he told his disciples, Acts 1, it said, don't go anywhere till the Holy Spirit comes. And then we now see the Holy Spirit arriving. Are you here? And his arrival was marked. Take us to Acts 2, please. You know, and we see that suddenly there was this sound, and he comes in as a rushing, mighty wind. Sometimes people try to think that, oh, that's the only time he came in, but it's not so. I mean, he came in as a wind. Hallelujah. Hello? Are you in the church? Or it's becoming too deep for you to follow. Oh, tell me. I can also simplify it and say that, oh, it's a very nice day. And once again, you're looking very nice. What again can I say that you understand? <laughs> but I hope you are flowing. In other words, you see, what do we mean when we say that he appears as a wind? And why do we have to, 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 to understand that? Now, when you understand something, it's easier to develop a relationship with that person or with that thing. Are you here? It's easier. When you don't understand the person, when you don't, so for instance, somebody comes, starts talking to you in Chinese, you don't understand. So you see that there isn't any flow between you and the person. But as soon as somebody who has gone to school in China who speaks Chinese comes, you see that suddenly they begin to relate and there's immediately a friendship between those two. Now, so also the Holy Spirit. This attribute of his that makes him come around like a wind is something that we, you and I need to understand. That is how he is. It's how he is. How do you know when the wind is blowing? You feel it. How else do you know? You see it. You hear it. You see it. I mean, when I was coming today, I thought it was going to rain because as I was coming, yeah, you saw some leaves... Why, how do we say then the wind is blowing? Yeah. Are you seeing it? Yeah. I can remember being fascinated. One time I was in Tamale. I mean, I mean, we stayed in Tamale for quite a long time. One of the interesting things about Tamale is that everything is extreme. When it's hot, it's extreme. When it's raining, it's extreme. I mean, the kind of rain that falls there doesn't fall here. And one of the characteristics of that rain is the wind, you know. And, and, and we saw the wind do fantastic things. One time I was driving, and as I was driving, I said, what is that? Somebody's table. 
the wind had picked the empty table and it was busy crossing the dual carriage. <laughs> That's the wind crossing. Are you there? Another time, it had, the rain had fallen, the wind had done its things in the night. I was on my way to work and I could see, you know, you know when there's action somewhere and people are rushing to see. So I said, this one, I'm going to see some. When we looked, it had picked somebody's kiosk together with all the things in it. And it had deposited it on top of another person's kiosk. <laughs> and the, the kiosk downstairs, the kiosk downstairs, the door was closed. And the kiosk comes and had opened the door. <laughs> yeah. It was part. The wind was demonstrating itself. Are you there? Up until today, I don't like these. Um, they're done as adverts. You see a pole with a flag on it. And it has a cement base. Yeah. From my time in Tamale, I don't like it because one time it picked those things. Yeah. It picked those things, complete with the cement there. <laughs> Are you in the church? Another time we, they came and put some fancy street lights. And those of us who lived there, we said, oh no. Oh no. Oh no, it's not a good case. You see, because remember, when it's not raining, it's not raining. Are you getting it? So when you see how it's not raining, you think that it's peaceful. By the time we're in the middle of the rainy season, it had lifted all part them somewhere. I can give you story after story. We built the first cathedral there, and it's a very nice, different. In those days, the bishop buildings were designed differently. And the doors were all glass. And when they were coming to install the glass, we told these Accra people, listen, where we are, the weather is not like where you are from. Here, there's something called wind. They came and did the two known things you Accra people are known for. Knew everything. Oh, it's okay. What we have brought is all right. It's going to be all right. We were in church in the middle of a convention when the wind started and suddenly the doors came apart it picked up one of the glass threw it through the room like oh <laughs> i'm talking about the wind so that is why you should not be surprised when we are in a setting in a meeting and the holy spirit comes and then somebody is rolled from somewhere to somewhere why are you surprised the wind the wind is working the wind is working you see, it's in your interest to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because when you don't cooperate, he just might move you like that. The people are very quiet all of a sudden. I was listening to a certain lady, a minister, many years ago. And she talked about the fact that she used to be very, very stubborn. And the stubbornness had brought her to a certain place in life. And she had come into church, but... She went to sit at the back because she was trying to say that she did, she's cool and, and I mean, I've come to church. Say, you say, I should come to church. So I've come. I've come. Like many people here, there are some of you, even when the seat, the front is empty, you sit at the back. Okay. No, there are some people, you sit there because that's what is there when you came. But there are some people, when the place is empty, cry, they'll sit there. So that was the frame of mind she was in. So she went to the back. She sat there. <laughs> she said that when the <laughs> preacher finished, he gave a sort of altar call, you know, she knew that, look, I'm inside. 
It's like yesterday we had an altar call for people who wanted to rededicate their lives and stuff. So you're a Christian, but you... And she said, I won't go. She said, she doesn't know. She said, look, the Holy Spirit rolled her. Like a ball rolled her. She doesn't know when she reached the front and she was under a... <laughs> the wind of the Spirit. Am I talking to some people tonight? Are you beginning to understand something? Is it beginning to make sense? When the wind is blowing, we can see the, 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 the trees. That's one of the ways, as a preacher, when I'm ministering to you, if I want to know what God is doing, it's one of the ways to see it. You suddenly see that somebody is trembling. I know that, ah, okay. Jesus said what? I do what I see my father do. And so when he said, come, we can see that something. Yeah, he's at work. That trembling that you are trembling, that you think that it's you that is trembling, but you can't stop it. No? Uh-huh. He's at work. The church is very quiet tonight. I will finish my preaching and take myself and my wind away home with me. <laughs> ah, now this quietness that you are quiet, what do you want me to say? Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So let me just give you a few characteristics, something to just help you. The first one is that the wind decides what he's doing, where he's blowing. Just as how physically, nobody, doesn't matter. Look, there's nobody on this earth who can dictate to the, earth, to the wind. He's doing what he's doing. Oh? Hello? In the same way, in the same way, the Holy Spirit does what he wants to do. Amen. Kindly find for me the scripture, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Ah, you got it up for me. Thank you. John 3, 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But please, give it to us in simple English, okay? Already now, the spirit is complex enough. It's with you. My is simple, so that. <laughs> the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain. Here it says how people are born of the spirit. But some other, uh, let's, let's see what the King James says. Uh-huh. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So when you decide to begin to walk with the Holy Spirit, this is one of the things that you see, that you are not predictable. You are not predictable because you are following another instruction. Are you in the church? Yeah, you are not predictable. And you see, I started by sharing with you how there are seasons in the church, and that's one of the reasons why you cannot predict the seasons. Amen? You cannot predict that this is what we are going to do. You cannot predict it. So we are here. We'll be here. I've been here before when I've heard the Holy Spirit say, okay, we are just going to do some praying. I want you guys to pray 36 hours. I've also come to stand here and announce that we are praying 36 hours. And we have started Sunday, Friday morning at 6 a.m. And we have ended Saturday evening at 6 p.m. And we have done our 36 hours. But you can't predict it. That it's going to happen now. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen this week. So as you hear, you do. It's exactly like that in your life. If you are going to walk with him. If. So let us assume that you make it your habit every day now to talk to him about your, 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 um, what you plan to do for a day. You can, when you come back in the evening, come and put down what you actually did against what you had planned to do. And you'll see that they are not the same. You have planned that, I'm going to go on visitation. That day, mom, go and learn. You sat down and learned that you didn't go on visitation. Another day that you plan to sleep, listen, you have to leave right now and go and see. Yeah. 
And so nothing we mean we don't make plans. No, you make the plans. Otherwise, you don't even know when they change. And then there are also times when the plan that you have made is okay. And it will work as it's working. Are you, are you in the house? Hey, are you understanding me or you are not understanding me? <laughs> yeah. So you cannot tell. The second thing I want to share with you is that you cannot tell where it is going. You cannot tell. In this church, we try by the grace of God to be led by the Spirit. And it means, therefore, that there are some things we cannot predict. So, I can't tell. Didn't know that we we're going to do a camp at this time. You just go. And that's why we say be flexible. When you are this kind of Frenchim person, you can't walk with the spirit. Frenchim, you never change your mind. What is the use of a mind that you cannot change? Yeah. yeah. Are you in the house? Yeah. So you flow as the flowing is flowing. You are going. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you cannot know where. The next one. For all that is a wind. You can't, he can't force you or he won't force you because the window you remember you can close the window you can close the window when you close the window you're in your room whatever is happening outside cry you may not even hear yeah and that's how many of us as christians you are christian but you have closed yourself off from the spirit and because of that you don't really hear him you don't really hear him or you don't really see his direction are you in the church if you let's go to Isaiah 48 and verse 4. Let me see verse 3. Let me see something. Verse 3 first. I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went out from my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly and they came to pass. And that's one of the attributes of the Spirit, the wind of the Spirit, something happening suddenly. But look, because I knew that you are obstinate and that your neck is an iron sinew and your brow brass, when you get to this state here, he doesn't say much to you. Yeah. Because you will not listen. You will not listen. Are you in the house? Yes. Mm. When you look back, at the tragedies or the difficulties you've had in life, sometimes you can see where you missed them. You're going to climb the bus and you kept on hearing some, don't climb it, don't, don't take this, don't take it, don't take it. And then you've given 52 reasons why you must take it. If I don't take it, this will happen. If I don't take it, this, 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 and you have gone to take the thing and the thing has lost its tire somewhere, somewhere, and you're on the road for the next 12 hours. <laughs> Are you in the church? You see? So, the wind of the Spirit. I want to just give us, today I'm just preaching for a short time. Next week, I believe we'll go continue on the wind. You know, because yeah, it's a very, very, very deep um, aspect. You'll find out in the, in the, there's, there are a lot of, you see, the Old Testament and New Testament are different. The Old Testament, you see a lot of the full story. The New Testament, they didn't have time. Letters, instructions, uh-huh. So you don't see much of what was happening with individual human beings. But when you go into the Old Testament, you find very interesting things with the wind. For instance, you see that many times when something bad happens, there's an east wind. It's a kind of wind. Uh-huh. So an east wind was blowing, you know. And then there's a west wind. So many of the... Um, you, we shall talk about it next week if you plan to come to church. But I want to just share one last one with you before we go. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. 
Ezekiel chapter 37. Take us to, okay, we can read from verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. How do you think he carried him? Can you, you can imagine there is a wind. In the midst of a valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about and they were very many, they were very dry, verse 3. And he said, son of man, can these bones live? And I, he answered, I answered, oh Lord, thou knowest. When God asks you a question, you should know that he's not looking for an answer. But look at what the Lord said. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, the Lord is coming to give him words to speak to these bones. And he says, look at the words. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And if you remember, it was the breathing of God into the form or the shape he had created as man. That's what brought life. Are you seeing it? Yeah. So he says here, I will bring, please go back, go back. Let's stay with verse 5 before we come to 6. I will cause breath to enter into you. And you will notice that when the wind of the Spirit enters many things, life returns to them. Amen? I like to think of these dry bones as some of the things in our lives that have become dried up. You know, so you may be coming to church, but actually your Christian life has dried up. You may be coming to church, but the, your joy in the Lord, it has dried up. Yeah, you may be coming to church, but yeah, you are coming because you've always come. And you see, never stop, no matter how it's looking. Never stop. When God is looking for you, let him still find you in church. Amen? But you see that suddenly a breath enters you. And that's the wind of the Spirit. That is why when you are going through dry patches in your Christian life, you should talk to the Holy Spirit. You need a certain breath. Because it says when it comes and you live. Verse 6. And I will lay sinews upon you. That's another discussion. I will bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Are you seeing it or are you not seeing it? Yeah. You see. And so when you are coming across the dry things in your life, I think that you should talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Amen? Amen. Or you have never had a dry time in your life? Yeah. Ah! Some of you, since you got born again, you have been dry until now. <laughs> Some to you had a time that was easy and flowing and it was good, but you also know what I'm talking about. When, have you never had the opportunity, I mean, the um, experience where you pray, you know that this prayer didn't go anywhere. Uh -huh. This prayer, it just did see and stayed here with me. And quiet, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's a patch of dryness. Or you are somebody who worships. You come in and you worship and you flow in the worship. But you go to time and it's not, yeah, it's not working. You see, in those times, the one to ask to help you is the Holy Spirit. Because he is the breath that will bring the life back into you. Or the life back into that situation. Hallelujah. Tonight I want you to stand up and I want you to just pray. I'm just, I told you that, you see, I should have started preaching at 8.30. Yeah. But I just want you to pray for a moment. And, and, and in fact, I should even say pray. Because we are learning to talk to the Holy Spirit. And I want you to just talk to him and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing me to church today. And just, just, I'm trying to understand this thing that we're talking about. That you have an attribute of a wind. And I, I just want to experience that wind. I want to experience it.
just talk to him for a few minutes. Oh, yes. Visit us tonight, Spirit of God. you and refresh us and build us up new and make our life with you exciting again. That's why sometimes we're in his presence and we can just sense a wave has moved in, a wind has moved in, carrying his spirit. Tonight, meet us, oh God. Meet us at the point where we are. Refresh us. And help us. song here I am waiting
Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Refresh us, fill us, heal us, renew us, lift us up, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here tonight and you are longing for to understand and to flow with the Holy Spirit. But before you can do that, you need to give your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God and you, you need to be quickened in your spirit. Jesus shared it with us. He said that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You need to be born again. This is what he told us in John chapter 3 and verse 3. So you are here tonight. You're not sure if you are born again. You can't be sure if you be going to heaven. I want you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. It's a very deliberate thing. It doesn't come by being born into it. It doesn't come by being around church. It doesn't come by just being comfortable in church. It's a deliberate thing. You want to receive Jesus. We're going to pray a deliberate prayer. Just lift up your right hand if you're saying that. I just, I just want to be sure. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just lift your hand up and we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you have your hand up, please just come to me. I'm going to pray with you. Let the ashes of pastors help you. Just come. We're going to pray together. God bless you. Just come. It's not time to be shy at all. Just come. We want to pray together. You want to say that I want to understand the spirit. I want to understand. But first, let us. You need to be born again. God bless you. All right, let's pray together. I want you to pray these words after me. And if you're in the congregation, help us. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray, oh God, that even as our brother has just today made sure of his salvation, may he know your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter, at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.